Praise God. Ain't God good? <clears throat> All the time. That's right, man. That's exactly right. You know what I found is that if you turn to God and, and start seeking Him, guess what? He responds. Ain't that amazing? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's always, it never ceases to amaze me how God will speak something into your life when you actually submit yourself to Him and start listening to Him a little bit. When you get enough of those other stuff out of the way and humble yourself before God, He will actually speak to you. So what I want to talk to you all about today, you know, when I first came here, God gave me a scripture that I believe is, is for this church. It's a purpose for this church. And you all probably see this little piece of paper up here. Well, when I first came, my focus was on Isaiah 61 verse 1. And as many of you that are, are studied in the Word know, Isaiah wrote this as God gave him the direction to write it. And later as Jesus was standing in the temple, starting His ministry, He quoted this Scripture, Isaiah 61 and 1, and actually more than just one, but that was, that was telling people that this is why Jesus came. So let's look at this verse. We're going to start in verse 1. And go through verse 4. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. <clears throat> because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise. Y'all need a garment of praise this morning for the spirit of heaviness. There's a heavy spirit in here this morning. It ain't going to be for long. We're going to run that thing out of here. That they might be called trees of righteousness. Who is they? We'll get in that in a minute that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. And they, there's that word again, shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Now, let's remember, Jesus quoted this saying, this is me. Okay, So when he got to the part that says they, he's not talking about him anymore, okay? I mean, that just makes sense. I'm not going to say they in a sentence and include myself, right? That's pretty easy to understand. So Jesus came to do verses 1 through 3. And I'll just admit to you, I misunderstood some of this to start with. But see, I want you to understand the, how things work, okay? Verses 1 through 3 is what I was standing on and believing on when I came to this church as, as, as to what God, God's purpose was. Now, 
I misunderstood a little bit of it to an extent because I thought that this preached good tidings to the meek, proclaimed liberty to the captives, was about other people, but it was about us here. Okay? That's the work Jesus is going to do in the trees of righteousness that He calls them, okay? The work He's going to do is proclaim liberty to you that are captive. You that have been bound by whatever it is. Look, you've already received Jesus as your Savior. The Word says that who the Son set free is free indeed. You are free. You have no obligation to the sinful nature anymore. So what's our purpose then? If it's not to go preach good tidings to the meek, proclaim liberty to the captives, those that are bound, what's our purpose? Well, I'm telling you, our purpose here in Kennard. Now, this is not our purpose as Christians in general, okay? Obviously, our purpose in general is the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the Gospel. That's what Jesus commanded us to do. That's what, as a whole, we should be doing. But I'm going to tell you what, what we need to be doing in Kennard. And I know a lot of you can't see this, but that's just verse 4. So look at verse 4. <clears throat> they shall be, that's us, they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations. It's talking about the cities. You know what this is physically talking about? This is prophecy of the Jews coming back into their hometown, their home country, and repairing. See, they were in bondage. Many times over they were in bondage, but at this particular time, they were in bondage. So it's physically talking about them coming back and rebuilding their cities. But that's not what it's talking about spiritually. Spiritually, for us, it's talking about us repairing this city, rebuilding this city to what it should be. Y'all, I keep pointing toward Kennard. I want you to get that in your spirit today. 61 and 4, And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities the desolations of many generations. Do you understand that? I'm not talking about just those that are alive today. This stuff has been going on and building and working in these people's lives for generations. This didn't happen overnight. Generations have caused this. So how do we do that? Well, I'm going to be just honest with you today. I don't know yet. I'm still praying. I've got a lot of ideals running around in my head. But that's not where God exists, okay? God doesn't exist in all these ideals that bounce around. God is always clear and concise when He speaks and says, you need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm still waiting on Him to tell me, what to do first? I've got a lot of thoughts. I, man, you know, I could just go, we could all stay busy from now on doing what I think we might could do. But how much wasted effort would there be? We might reach one here and there, but if it ain't God's will, that ain't going to be fruitful. Amen. 
we got to repair the waste cities. <clears throat> Look, I understand something, okay? Let me back up a little bit. See, the, and, and I'm not talking down to anybody. I'm not trying to condescend. I'm not, okay? The Word says, though, that those that are in the natural can only comprehend the natural. Those that are in the Spirit can see natural and spiritual things. Okay, so I understand some of you today may not really grasp what I'm talking about. So I need to break this down on a level where everybody understands it. And I hope someday that you'll all be in the Spirit with me. Okay? See, God speaks to you in the Spirit. He is a Spirit. He speaks in the Spirit. Those that serve Him must serve Him in Spirit and in truth is what the Word says. So, if you're not to that place, you need to try to get there. That's, that's all I'm going to say. You need to be pointing that direction. Alright. So, we look around town. And y'all, I can't hardly drive through Kennard without thinking of this. But you look at the things that go on, okay? And if you don't pay much attention, if you just kind of breeze through town and never stop and notice, you probably won't see anything wrong. But I'm here to tell you today, in a population of 300 and whatever the sign says from day to day, 371 or whatever it is, there shouldn't be the kind of anguish. There shouldn't be the kind of uh, captivity and bondage that we see in this little small town. And I can count, I don't know, four churches right off the top of my hand within a square, uh, a five-mile square area there for that amount of people. So what's the problem? Why is it that these people are so... so dead... You look on their faces and you see nothing but destruction. I don't know if you can see it or not. I can. I see just just depression. I see worn down, beaten down by the world. I'm not talking talking just about this, the worldly people. I'm talking about Christians. I see people that are just destitute. Desolate, as this Scripture talks about. Desolate meaning there's nothing there. Barren. Why do you think David prayed? I'm going to wear this one out too, y'all. This is in my spirit. Why do you think David prayed and said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. I've been praying that all week. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Y'all need to find joy. I can look at you today and tell you, 95% of you here today don't have joy. And I include myself in that group. We need joy. You are not a fit Christian if you don't have joy. You have got to have something that you have joy about. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm not talking about something that brings a little smile to your face every now and then. I'm talking about everlasting joy. Joy that just wells up from within you and at the drop of a hat all of a sudden you want to cry because you realize God stepped out of eternity into your feeble existence and spoke life into you. Amen. 
Hallelujah. I am alive forevermore because the King of all creation chose me. That's something to have joy about. That's something to get excited about. And what did David do when he said that? He said, if you will give me joy, I'm going to go tell somebody. We need to go tell somebody. You can't go tell somebody what God did for you if you don't remember what the joy was. Why do you want to share it if you don't have joy? I have no desire to tell anybody about what God did for me if I don't remember what it was like when I got it. Praise God. I'm here to tell you all today that we have got to change our thinking. I've been telling you this for months, and I'm going to keep telling you until you do. Praise God. He is holy. He is worthy of praise. Until you can get them words to come out of your mouth, loosen your lips a little bit, people. Loosen your lips a little bit. Loosen your hips too. Stand up and praise God every now and then. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're in the middle of your workplace. Get up and say, oh God, to God be the glory. He's the one that's provided for me. Not my job. It's God that's providing for me. I don't care if you're in the middle of downtown Kennard. If a few more people did this, it may not be so bad. If you're in the middle of Curry's down there, and somebody says, hey, how are you doing today? You say, wonderful, because God is good and His mercy endures forever. Huh? Look, I ain't talking about just being in people's face and overbearing with your Christianity, but if you don't know why you like being a Christian, they ain't going to know it either. They ain't going to care one iota if they look at you and see nothing but desolation. They say, well, I'm going to find my joy somewhere else where it's easily attainable, called alcohol or drugs, methamphetamines. Y'all know anything about that? Do y'all realize that this little small town is covered up with meth? I can't comprehend it because when I was a kid... Drugs were not even in the picture that I knew of. I'm sure they were there. Just like that Scripture says, many generations. But I guarantee you it wasn't like it is now. Everywhere I turn, I just y'all just start noticing. Start looking. and See if you don't see cars meeting up parking somewhere where it's kind of odd. I wonder what them people are meeting there about. There's people that meet down here at the end of this road all the time. I don't know what in the world they're doing, but I got an idea. It's an awful good turnaround point and meeting place, ain't it? I'm here to tell you all today, this stuff is running rampant. There ain't nothing the police are going to do about it. There ain't nothing anybody can do about it except us. You see, Jesus is the only thing that can breathe life into these people. Jesus is the light of the world. And because of that, we should be the light of the world. Because He told us, you are the salt of the earth. We are the ones that need to preserve it. Now listen, y'all need to listen up to me today. You need to wake up and pay attention. Get out of everything worldly that's in your mind right now. Focus solely upon God. I don't care who you are. I really don't. I don't care who is sitting here listening to me today. You need to know 
that Jesus expects more of you than what you've done before. God expects a whole lot more out of us than what what we've been doing. You see, some of you are real comfortable. And that's a problem. A real problem. I've been awful comfortable. And God has convicted me. And convicted me and convicted me. I'll share a verse with you that I was reminded of this morning. I don't know how many of y'all have read Jeremiah. It's really hard. It's hard to read. I ain't going to lie to you. Some of that stuff just... You have to know a lot of history to really understand what's going on. But there's a point where God told Jeremiah to tell some people some things. And he said he's kind of tired of telling them. Jeremiah 20 and 9 Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing and could not stay. You see, there came a point where Jeremiah, y'all listen, there came a point where Jeremiah just had to go tell what God had put in his heart. He could not hold on any longer. You see, that only comes about by prayer and fasting. When God begins to speak to you, when God puts something in you, when you read His Word and all of a sudden something just, oh, just ministers to your spirit and builds you up, you can't hold on to it. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You've never experienced that. But I'm telling you, just like he said, it gets to be like fire shut up in your bones, and you just, oh, I gotta tell somebody. I gotta get this out. He didn't give it just to me to hang on to myself. I gotta share it with somebody. I gotta tell them what God sent me to tell them. If you ain't ever experienced it, you need to find a way to find it. Guys, I'm gonna wear you out on this. I don't care. I'm going to keep preaching what God puts in my heart. I'm going to preach it until it's time for me to leave this earth or until He changes me to something else. So you might as well go ahead right now and decide I'm going to submit to God. See, it's not me you're submitting to. It's God. God wants you to seek after Him so that you can repair the way cities. So that you can... See the desolation of many generations all just washed away. How many of y'all have friends or family, somebody you know that's just covered up in alcohol or drugs? Anybody? See, one, two, three, four. The longer we wait, the hands keep coming up, y'all. I know all of you know somebody that just can't put the stuff down. They're in bondage to it. See, that's what, that's what Jesus is for. And I want y'all to understand something else. This song we sang earlier, Shout. It says, Shout 
with a voice of triumph. Shout with a voice of praise. You know why you can do that? See, this is, this is what makes our spiritual battle. Y'all are starting to fade. Y'all need to listen. Y'all, y'all need to just pull in, okay? The reason why our spiritual battle is so much different than a carnal battle is we know we are the victors. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt because God has already won the victory. Amen. Somebody shout, praise God. That's why you can shout with a voice of triumph. Shout with a voice of praise. Because we know we will have the victory in Jesus' name. Now, why in the world can't we get off of our rear ends and say, God, you are wonderful. You are worthy of praise. Listen, He's already supplied the victory for you. He has done the work. All we have to do is finish it out and obey Him. Oh man, you start listening to those words to those songs. Some of y'all don't even sing them. Some of you may stand up and look. And I thank you for standing up. Because it shows honor and respect. And I understand, look, I know all of you can't stand up. I'm not trying to be condemning to you. I know some of you can't stand for very long. But I know one thing. If you're sitting there in your seat, I can still tell whether you're praising or not. It doesn't matter if you're standing or sitting. I know where your heart is. I see it on your face. And you look at them songs and you may say the words, but until you examine the meaning, until you understand what it means to worship and praise God, you are going to stay desolate. You're still going to leave here at the end of the day and say, whew, Glad we had a good service today. Now what do y'all want to do? How many of y'all leave church and throughout the week the word just keeps coming in coming to your mind? I'll be honest with y'all, sometimes I can't remember what I preach Sunday morning come Sunday night. But look, I know this much. When I'm studying the Word, I, there's always going to be something that just sticks in my mind. And you know what's amazing? When I commit myself to God and start studying His Word, things I hadn't thought of for ten years start coming into my mind. This morning, God spoke another Scripture to me. And right now, I can't hardly remember. Oh, no, I remember. It's a dreadful thing to be in the hand of God. See, just even it just came in. I haven't read that scripture in years. wasn't even reading it today, and God spoke it into my heart, and it it's gonna build me up. You see, that's how God does. When you focus on Him, He will return it. He will return the focus. He He will commune with you. That's what it means to experience a, a relationship with God. It's not a one sided thing where you pray and say, God, would you do this? And you never hear nothing from Him. But when you begin 
begin to seek Him, when you begin to humble yourself before Him and say, God, I don't want anything else but to hear from You right now. I don't want care how long it takes. I'm going to stay here till I hear from You. I don't care what I have to sacrifice. I want to be in Your presence. You have got to get a desire in you to hear from God. He's not going to pay lip service to you. He don't have to spend any time with you. He don't have to. You can't strong arm Him. You can't force Him into anything. But oh, you can woo Him. You know what that word means? I know some of you women know what it means to be wooed. You can romance Him. You can say, oh God, I love you. Oh God, I worship you. You are so wonderful. You are so awesome. Man, I love to just tell Him how good He is. You know why? Because as soon as I'll start doing that, praise God, He comes in and begins, Oh, Kevin, thank you. Oh, I love you too, Kevin. I love to be with you. Thank you for serving me. Oh, see, I love to feel that kind of communion with Him. I love for Him to just be with me all the time. And when He's not there, I don't always notice it right away. But I guarantee you a day goes by and I begin to feel just dry. I begin to feel desolate, just like those cities are talking about. I begin to feel just like, where's my joy? And I have to start praying and say, God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. See, you can't pray right if you don't know the Word of God. You can't pray right. All you're going to say is, oh me, oh pitiful me. But you quote God's Word back to Him and see what happens. Huh? Y'all think God don't honor His own Word? How many of y'all here today think God won't honor what He said He'll do? I didn't get one person. Anybody? Come on. Surely I can get one. See? Y'all believe God. You believe God. But I'm going to tell you something. This is a little secret. The inside track, so to speak. Because I realize everybody's at different levels. Word says from glory to glory. Everybody's at different places in their walk with God. So anybody that's not where I am, y'all trust me, there's some here today that's further along than I am. But some of y'all aren't. So let me give you a little inside track. When you know what the Word says, you have a promise to stand on. You know that old song, Standing on the Promises? See, I sung that song for years and had no thought or concern for what it meant. But all of a sudden, one day, it meant volumes to me. Standing on the promises of God. You know what that means? It means you find something in that Bible. And all of you here today probably have Bibles. And if you don't and you want one, let me know. We will buy you one. You find you a promise in that Bible. And every time you need some re-encouragement that, that God is still good, that God is going to fulfill what He said He would do, you stand on that promise. It doesn't, listen, you don't have to go digging in the Bible and find something that applies directly to your situation. You just find something that speaks to you. You know what mine is? Psalms 27. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though in hosts should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. That is standing on the promises of God. When you put the Word in you, just learn one. Learn one and try it. I promise you it will work. I promise you it will work. Psalms 40 is another wonderful. Just find some that really minister to your heart. See, I'm trying to build you up today. I'm not trying to tear you down. We don't need no more desolate cities around here. I want you to be encouraged in God. We have the victory. But you know what? It takes fighting to get there. We know where the victory is. we got to get there though. Back in the Old Testament, somewhere, I can't remember where right now, it says when the enemy will come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Y'all, we need to be following the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? You see, when He raises that standard up, It's time to fight. It's time to follow Him in battle. He raises it up so you can see where the battle is going. And you follow that direction. He has the standard raised, y'all. The battle is on. If you can't stand here today and say that the enemy's coming in like a flood, we need to have a meeting afterwards so I can educate you. Y'all, the enemy is, is all over this place. Covered up. Y'all ever seen on TV when there was a flood and water just, I mean, in places water shouldn't be. Covering houses. The enemy has come in like a flood. But the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. So we know where to go, where to fight. We need, look, you can't see the standard if you ain't walking in the Spirit. You can't know where to fight unless you're looking to God for the guidance and direction. You don't even know how to fight unless the Holy Spirit is working in your life and you get up every day and pray, God, give me that spiritual armor. Give me the armor of God. Help me to walk in faith today. Help me to stand on the gospel of peace. So I'm sorry if this hurts today. I'm sorry if you're tired of hearing it. But until I see that we're ready to move, we're going to keep hearing it. God's going to keep pouring it on you. And I see several of you today that already feel conviction. I see several of you today that want to change. I see it on your face. And I'm so glad. <laughs> 